Something funky going on over there. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Canary Cry News Talk. It is episode 237. It is August 31st, 2020. 6% truth, 94% mind control. And the only reason why you're hearing my voice at the beginning here is because we totally forgot to hit record on our recorder machines. But don't worry, you did not miss anything. We're just going to go right into it when I hit the record button. I'll just let you know the Flippy update is, uh, well, Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arm that uh, started by Flippin' Burgers and has now uh, increased his career ambitions to cover all sorts of work that uh, used to be done just by good old human beings. We, uh, you know, Flippy, he's he's coming at you. He's coming for you to take your jobs, enslave your children, and flirt with your spouses. And we just kind of use it as a conversation proxy to talk about uh, how robotics and AI is moving into every little part of our lives, whether we like it or not. Uh, the the capitalism, the capitalist uh, uh, economics of robots is is very motivating for a lot of companies, and that is uh, part of the story today. Coming from Memphis Commercial Appeal It's kind of a a news hey, uh, uh, archiving. Before yeah. you go on, did you re- start recording on Audition? Oh my gosh. I didn't. You should probably yeah. maybe do that. Good call. Yeah. I will do that as uh, I'll try to do this all together at the same time. Yeah. Just so, you know, a little peek behind the curtain for people. We get a lot of questions. A lot of people are inspired to start podcasts um, because we just make it look so easy, Gons. <laughs> and uh, we give them a lot of advice. And one of the Best pieces of advice that we can give to uh, any pod, new aspiring podcasters is you're gonna want to record uh, each, you know, each person. If you got a couple people on your podcast, you want to get as many of those people recording natively on their own computer as possible. Um, you know, just kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit of a snob, guns, but when I hear podcasts that uh, record just the Skype input now it's yeah. one thing if you have a a guest you know you can't expect your guest to have a full software suite of uh you know recording software but you know if you have a co-host two regular people doing a thing doing a podcast you want to make sure each person is recording their own audio on their own computer because that uh it will give you the best quality sound in the end product and uh that's enough vamping i have now created the audition file and started recording Perfect. so here we go <laughs> okay memphis commercial appeal.tn.newsmemory.com uh this was posted on august 31st that was today Oh my gosh. And I want to thank our uh, wonderful listener uh, slash producer named, what's his name? Where is it? Aaron. Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for the email. 
Um, actually, I'm going to want to pull up that email because he had some good things to say. But the title of the or the headline rather is FedEx tests new flight system with no pilot. Now, this probably doesn't come as a surprise, but there's some surprises in there, Guns. A FedEx Express aircraft recently took flight without a pilot aboard to test the potential of autonomous flight. The Cessna 208 caravan owned by FedEx performed an automated landing on June 30th. Video by Reliable Robotics, the company performing the test flights, shows the remotely piloted flight occurred at San Martin Airport in California. FedEx uses a C-208 aircraft as part of its express feeder network, flying cargo to markets too small for FedEx's much larger Boeing and Airbus jets. San Francisco-based Reliable Robotics also performed a test with Cessna 172 Skyhawk, in which the aircraft automatically took off and landed. The company said in a news release, both tests are historic firsts for global aviation. Quote, by bringing advanced automation to aviation, we will deliver higher safety, reliability, and convenience for cargo operators and eventually for passengers, said Robert Rose, Reliable Robotics Co. And then it goes into a co-founder, little bit of a long... Co-founder and what? CEO. It's kind oh, of broken yeah. up weird there in the... It is the broken thing. up weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Co-founder and CEO of uh, Reliable Robotics. So there you go, Gons. Now, uh, you know, pilotless aviation is not necessarily a new thing. Of course, we've had uh, drones and all sorts of fancy stuff. And, you know, commercial uh, airlines are mostly piloted by... Uh, uh, um, autopilot right you know you have pilots there you still need a pilot as of now but you know you talk to any commercial pilot they'll say well on especially on uh, passenger commercial passenger aircraft it's mostly autopilot doing the work but you still need a human being there but this is a special situation because there was no pilot on board at all you know usually especially with these tests and uh, with all the ai uh, driving tests going on you know you always have a driver in the car the tesla you always have a pilot on the plane you always have a backup uh, but in this case no backups all robots which is a pretty big pretty big step and so watch out pilots flippy is coming for you and i want to read this email from aaron uh the listener who sent this in Oh, oh, where is it? Wow, we got a lot of different Aaron's emailing us. This is this is particularly alarming article for me personally, Aaron says. I knew it was coming, but dang, I want to be a pilot, and I have a lot of friends who are studying to be pilots right now with the sole purpose of flying for FedEx one day. It's the highest yearly pay a pilot can achieve. FedEx has successfully completed a cargo flight without the use of a pilot. I found this on my local Memphis paper. So yeah, there you go. That's an unfortunate situation for you, Aaron. I, I, I feel for you, buddy. It's just a matter of time before they have podcasting robots and guns. <laughs> you and I are out of a job. Yeah, I know. He says he pro- it's probably worth looking for a new career path. And that's, you know, we talk about Flippy taking jobs and it's kind of a fun little thing there. But I mean, this is like a real yeah. situation where they're studying to become a pilot specifically to fly for FedEx. And now robots taking the job before he even trains for it. And, you know, yeah. they should be honest about that. I mean, I'm sure you can probably uh, 
become one of these robot operators, you know, like operate the robot to make sure that they're flying correctly or whatever. But Maybe something. Yeah, not there's always the same. there's always other types of jobs created, but it's mostly, you know, some sort of engineer type right, thing. Right. You don't get to live the romantic life of a pilot. <laughs> so that's I'm, we're sorry to hear about that, Aaron. We'll be praying for you, buddy. And yeah, I wonder what the convo is like, you know, when you show up to pilot school nowadays well, that's what i'm saying they no. they should be, be upfront about the the implications of something like this and all the students that are involved now you know i mean they're not going to say anything obviously it'll just mm-hmm. be one of those situations where eventually they're going to graduate and you're going to have a whole bunch of qualified pilots that uh don't have a job and yeah you know, that's unfortunately <laughs> i would say uh it is unfortunate but it uh, it feels like that's one of the last jobs experiencing this. I mean, sure. Over the past decade, you know, you can get a lot of degrees and study a lot of things that are completely useless. Um, but so, I, not to say that pilot, you know, learning to be a pilot is useless. I would actually love to, you know, learn to pilot a plane, not for a career opportunity, but for fun, I guess. But soon there will be a robot to take that away too, Gons. Um <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I have my, uh, I have two eyeballs on today. Yes. My, I repaired, repaired my ocular, uh, uh, distraction device. Um, for those who tuned into the Elon Musk Neuralink live stream, uh, it was so shocking that one of my eyeballs fell off, but I'm back in business. (laughs) Illuminati confirmed one eye covered or fallen off, whatever you want to do with that. Okay. It happens. Uh, we got a bunch of updates to get through, and then we got uh, two of the main big stories we'll uh, eventually get to, which has to do with all the violence taking place across the mm-hmm. country, and also the CDC re uh, or you know just uh, talking about how their numbers are inflated, or you know telling some truth about some of those issues. But yeah. for now, we have a bunch of quick updates. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. So over the weekend, last night, the video MTV Video Music Awards was uh, was broadcast. I yeah, don't big really, deal. <laughs> don't really care, but uh, they had a whole performance with um, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, and there they are wearing their masks, rolling around in bikinis. Um, the part that I thought was very uh, weird, especially given sort of the um, the whole Elon Musk thing that we saw over the weekend, was I think this was Lady Gaga, but I think she she walks up to this giant piano, which is like mm-hmm. a it's a giant brain, it's a brain piano, and I'm not I can't mm. get this to play on uh, Twitter here, but um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. I was more of a of a show and tell less, less about talking about it, but more of the sort of ritualistic, uh, looking performances, which is, (laughs) I thought it was funny too, because, you know, Mm -hmm. over the years, a lot of the, uh, the truther types, especially towards the beginning, it was, it was, you know, breaking down the super bowl and VMAs and, you know, all these finding the codes, dissecting the performance. Yeah. And and at this point, it's so obvious that 
that these platforms are meant for that, but they just went for it anyway. Like everyone wearing masks and doing the whole spiel. Yeah. Not a whole lot of subtlety. No, like the subtlety is totally gone. Uh, not that they were ever really subtle if you really step back and look at what they were doing. But uh, right. it's just interesting how these platforms have been used to wake people up. And now it's just kind of like, well, yeah, of course they're going to have masked uh <laughs> you know artists and giant piano brains and and stuff like that yep but um and you know especially relevant when you consider uh you know a lot of the very uh um enthusiastic anti-maskers you know mm-hmm. they'll make a point that uh masks are a part of occult rituals and mm-hmm. uh you know occult uh subservience yeah and so that's uh, another particular reason why they don't want to wear a mask and totally understandable um but really uh very blatant now with <laughs> these sort of public rituals yeah uh where the masks are now part of you know they've the very colorful and entertaining types of masks they're not just wearing your your standard surgical mask that uh, you know, are $25 now at the grocery store. Yeah. And of course, Lady Gaga, her history of talking about uh, a new race of humans and uh, Ariana Grande. Uh, there was a music video she did a, a while ago, a few years ago now, where she's basically walking through with her boyfriend through town. And it's like a big apocalyptic thing. Everything's blowing up and big mm. uh, comet and stuff like that. So anyway, you know, they're always doing the signaling. And that's just a, it was just another case of that. Uh, but moving on here, we do have, uh, uh, in relation to the whole COVID thing. Are you ready to become cyborg? Specifically cyborg police. This is the ABC12.com article. Bishop Airport Police get smart helmets to screen Ooh. for coronavirus, scan other info. And we, we can play this clip. It's two minutes long. Do you want to play it or do you want to just read the... It's a short article. I'll just read it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Flint, Michigan, police at Bishop International Airport have a new tool to check passengers' temperatures, run uh, run them through facial recognition software, check license plates, and more from afar. The airport is the first, the one and only business, uh, one of the only businesses in the U.S. to deploy the smart helmet by Italy-based KeyBiz. Bishop Airport Director Nino Sapono said the helmets will be used primarily to screen passengers for a fever, which is a key symptom of coronavirus. Quote, the helmet is the first mobile platform of its kind, allowing our police officers the flexibility to work the terminal building and randomly screen both incoming and outgoing passengers. He said mm. uh, smart helmets already are in use at airports around the world, including Rome. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just one of these things where, yeah, we knew this was going to happen, that they're going to the unleash, uh, these kinds of, well, hold on. Let me try to turn the audio off here. Um, well, it's very low, but anyway, to smart technology ah, and its no. efforts. sorry, this, this little video player is horrible. I can't mm-hmm. get it to turn the audio off. This is ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's the, the footage shows, you know, people's faces being scanned with the, you know, the heat signatures and everything. Uh, but they're going to have these cops walking around it's real RoboCop cyborg Super uh, RoboCop. there. Yeah. And, uh, as if we're not being surveilled enough. Now you have real time officers with their, uh, cyborg <laughs> That's spooky, helmets. Man, I do not like that. No, another step in the, the right or wrong direction, depending on how you look at it. I'd say wrong. 
This is all wrong. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Moving on here, because, of course, we are being watched. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This is abcnews.au. Uh, what's WA? What does that stand for? I don't think it's Washington. WA? Washington? Is it Washington? Maybe. I don't know. But this is like an Australian outlet. Anyway, Washington man set to be, or no, Wah man. Eh, whatever. West, Western Australia. There we go. Western Australia man set to be first Australian fitted with tracking device for alleged COVID-19 breach. Oh, bro. We have not talked about the whole, all the crazy stuff going in, on in Australia. Um, but hopefully this will give us a little nice little in. Yeah. A 53 year old man accused of breaching quarantine directions and sparking a COVID-19 scare at the Perth pub is set to become uh, the first person in the country to be fitted with a tracking ankle bracelet. Oh my God. Talk about prisoner being a prisoner in your own country. Right. Uh, Police uh, allege Paul John Lawrence had been visiting family in Queensland and returned to West Australia on Friday without first applying for permission to return to the state. Acting Deputy Commissioner Paul Steele said, ooh, Paul Steele, I wonder if that's like brothers or family with uh, William William Steele. Steele, (laughs) Said Mr. Lawrence complained of chest pains when he arrived at Perth Airport, so was taken to hospital for treatment. It is alleged he then defied a direction to wait for transport to a quarantine hotel and instead left the hospital and checked into a backpacker hostel in Northbridge. Mr. Lawrence was found by police at the hotel Northbridge soon after, and the pub was closed overnight as a precaution. Uh, The WA police minister, Michelle Roberts, said he was now under police guard in hotel quarantine and had tested negative for coronavirus. He tested negative, Basil, and they're putting an ankle bracelet on him. She said work uh, was being done to progress a direction under the Emergency Management Act to have Mr. Lawrence fitted with an ankle bracelet for the remainder of his time in quarantine. Why is he in quarantine if he pe- tested positive and why does he have <laughs> negative negative. <laughs> negative? Sorry, negative. And why does he have an ankle bracelet? Uh, yeah, this is wild. And this is ridiculous. Holy smokes. And yeah, and, and, you know, and, and uh, I'm sorry, I have to bring this up, but you remember how all these like Q Anon people were saying like, Oh, uh, well not just Q Anon, but like kind of your fringy, super fringy conspiracy folks will look at pictures of celebrities and be like, see, they got the ankle trackers on, you know, they're, they're in trouble, you know, 10,000 uh, sealed indictments and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, now we got citizens that, that test negative walking around with these ankle bracelets because they violated some kind of protocol is yeah. out of control, man. Out of control. Dude, Australia is really cracking down. I, I'm wondering, you know, I'm, I'm not to- fully uh, aware of the... Uh, Australia New Zealand relationship but you know New Zealand for so long was being touted as the most effective you know at least western country for controlling the virus I wonder if uh, Australia is feeling a little jealous so they're cracking down (laughs) to make sure because yeah there's this guy with the ankle bracelet Uh, there's a woman who got I believe she got arrested and maybe some jail time don't quote me on that um, because she you know traveled to the next town over or whatever the next uh, 
uh, I don't know what they call them, province or, or something over there, um, to visit her boyfriend or something and get police tracked her down and arrested her, I think. So they are really cracking down over there in Australia. Well, you know, and uh, kind of feels like there's a little bit of a connection uh, between, you know, uh, experimenting with just how much you can, you know, put your citizens basically make your citizens into prisoners in their own homes. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Australia, famously a prison colony, right, but right. Uh, unbeknownst to a lot of people, actually, the colonies in America were prison colonies yes, as well. That's yeah. part of the, your secret history lesson for the day. Yep. Um, but yeah, eh, I don't know, man. Australia is really cracking down. <sighs> yeah, it's crazy. And especially given a lot of uh, there was some big protests, um, anti-Rona lockdown protests in other parts of the world this this past week. Which was good to mm-hmm. see. I mean, a lot of people getting together and um, fighting against this whole lockdown thing, and so it's uh, it's getting very interesting. The two sides, how it's uh, uh, it's it's really a lot of people waking up to some of the realities and you know d- having their voices heard, but also the police state uh, cracking down yeah. in certain ways as well. Which gets really Obey. yeah, it gets really messy in America when um, you know what's what's going on here, but. Moving on here, we uh, we had our Elon Musk uh, Neuralink. It's, it's sad when you get uh, you know sex offenders and casual people going to a pub all with the same uh, <laughs> same ankle, ankle bracelet, bracelet yeah. getting put on. Yeah, prison society. Uh, we had our Elon Musk Neuralink broadcast in the last episode, and um, you know it had a lot of interesting responses. A lot of the futury techie people were like, "Hey, this is fantastic." Other people yeah. like us going, oh, this is creepy and weird. And also, where are the monkeys? Um, but <laughs> we, uh, we have one quick update regarding uh, somebody who was really all about the whole Neuralink thing. You are okay. already the sort of a cybernetic symbiote. Neural nets are taking over from regular programming. So you are connected. Blabbermouth.net. Gene Simmons. Ooh. Praises Uh-oh. Elon Musk's brain computer tech Neuralink after live pig demo. <laughs> why, why do we care what Gene Simmons <laughs> thinks about this? We don't, but it's That's just crazy. <laughs> it's hilarious how it's, I don't know. I mean, who, honestly, who cares? Like you said, but it's uh, <laughs> celebrities, man. Well, that, you know, celebrity support is a big thing. You know, you got all these people yeah. that, uh, that believe everything. Yeah. Yeah, and and so they need celebrity support for all kinds of stuff, and obviously the transhuman thing is has been in the works. But you know, I just thought it was funny. Gene Simmons, Mister Kiss, with the creepy tongue, the bass player. Yeah. I think he's the bass player, right? Um, I was never into Kiss. It's, Were you ever into Kiss, the band? No. Okay, good. No, no. <laughs> Couldn't really take him seriously. Yeah, but, uh, no, I never really got it. I know that we have some metal heads in our uh, in our chat and our listenership who probably were fans we got some old school uh rock and rollers yeah um, so who knows can you even um, call them okay. rock and rollers well, not much more to say about that no. except for keep your tongue to yourself Gene. <laughs> <laughs> okay one quick thing before we get into our main stories here because uh um some it was a very interesting week last week um where we had uh, obviously, you know, the, the weekend before with uh, Jacob Blake's situation and more of the civil unrest 
and all the race wars, you know, getting all riled up. Um, but there was a, a, a passing of several people uh, of, of, you know, African-American descent. And I thought this mm. was very interesting because Chadwick Boseman passed away. Did you hear about this? No. You didn't hear Chaz- Chadwick Boseman, the uh, Wakanda Forever, passed away at 40, no. 43 years old. I didn't know that. He was, you know me, I don't look at the news on weekends. Yeah. I got to give myself a break, man. Sure, sure. Uh, but he allegedly passed away of uh, colon cancer or some kind of, um, I think it was colon cancer. Is he the guy who played Black Panther? He the played Black Panther. He also, oh, here's okay. the thing. He also played Jackie Robinson. Uh-huh. So like two really, really important uh, black roles in movies, yeah. right? And he, uh-huh. and he died of cancer. And mm. the last tweet he sent out before he passed away is him standing next to Kamala Harris with mm. the, you know, the raised fists in the background and everything. And, you know, vote yeah. 2020. Yes, Kamala Harris. I don't know, man. I, if, I'm, if I'm thinking, it's really sad. I, I don't like seeing anybody pass away. But if, if I put on my, my tinfoil hat, this, yeah. this death and the, and the timing you know, with everything going yeah. on with the race thing and everything in the, in the elections and everything, very suspicious in my opinion, because I mean, he, mm. he's the black, pa- I mean, he's like a generational figure for African-American kids. Totally. And so, yeah, it's unfortunate again, very sad, uh, of his passing, but the, yeah, the timing with the election and the, his last tweet being the Kamala Harris thing. And then of course the news of his death bringing, uh, a lot of, uh, if nothing else, it makes you wonder if, you know, of course he knew maybe he was passing soon and, uh, you know, yeah, well, it was, it was, uh, people, people think it's crazy. It's not that much of a conspiracy theory. Celebrities already monetize their, their voice, their, their public voice, not just in movies and stuff, but also on social media. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it would make sense that the, if he was, um, felt strongly enough that Kamala Harris was the the answer to a lot of the uh, the issues going on that he would end his Twitter uh, career on that before passing. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's just my skeptical mind looks at that and says, "Wow, that's very convenient with uh, with yeah. everything else going on last week with the NBA shutting down and or for at least a couple days." And, um, obviously, you know, and it, the NBA is so hard to watch too. Like I, I'm a, I'm an NBA fan. I grew up an NBA fan and I, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I know some people say just boycott it, you know? Uh, and I grew up a Lakers fan, which is an issue because the Lakers haven't been in the playoffs since 2013, I think, or 2012 is the last time they won a game or something. So it's been, it's been a long mm-hmm. time, you know, as a sports fan to see the Lakers back in action. And, and we have like just black lives matter on the court and everyone's wearing, jerseys that have like how many more and uh you know which is you know right, fine the they slogans, have the, yeah, the slogan jerseys they have the right to do it, but like post game pregame it's all it's all black lives matter stuff and it's like man mm-hmm. can we can we can we at least have a little balance or a little a little neutrality no. or no no you can't okay all right no <laughs> it's an important movement gone uh, and of course i mean and then you can get into the again put on the tinfoil hat the nba is is sort of in the grip of china yep um, you know, China pulls the strings on the NBA. That is not conspiracy theory. NBA wants uh, access to the Chinese market because it's three times the size <laughs> as the American market. Um, and so uh, NBA 
famously has bent the knee to China. And of course, there are some tinfoil hat connections between uh, Black Lives Matter and China as far as creating political disruption in America yeah. to help Chinese interests. Yeah. Um, the Thunder Cunder so, in the chat was <laughs> just said, Crimea River Gons, try growing up in Cleveland. Yeah, rough, ah, rough to grow N- up a NBA sports fan. Joke. NBA no, not joke an NBA joke. I totally understand. Not an NBA joke. Oh, what is it? Well, maybe, but Cle- Cleveland is notorious for being a, a poor sports town. Uh, the Browns ah. and the the Cleveland Indians. Um, they won a championship with LeBron a few years ago, so you know they got their their one sports thing, but. It's a it's an ongoing joke for Browns fans that they never win and they're you know it's just a horrible ah, place. It. Okay, to, to uh, I'm sorry, be a, a you have a hard fan. life, Thunder Cunder. <laughs> for you. Okay, back to uh, more serious issues. We're gonna get into the first story here. I didn't. I thought I had my. Uh, oh, here we go. This is a. Uh, Leading right into our first story. The race wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. Okay, so let's start out here. Uh, This happened last week, but, uh, you know, our schedule was booked up. We didn't get a chance to quite get into it. Um, And, you know, a lot of times we like to give it a little time for all the facts to come out before we uh, dig too much. But this is coming from politifact.com. So, you know, you got kind of a fact checky vibe, of course, uh, strongly on the liberal side. And uh, let's check a little uh, fact checking. What do you think? Guns? <laughs> okay. Let's see what the okay. uh, politifact. So part- yes. This particular one. Um, so for those who don't know, Kyle Rittenhouse was the young fella in the Kenosha uh, riots that, uh, showed up with an AR 15 with a, a group of other, um, armed people to protect businesses there during the riots. And then, uh, he was in a situation where he ended up killing two people and wounding a third. Uh, the video has been floating around and I certainly have my own thoughts about that, but here on PolitiFact, they are fact checking at 17 years old. The Facebook post that said at 17 years old, Kyle Rittenhouse was perfectly legal to be able to possess that rifle without parental supervision. PolitiFact is calling that false, but let's get into it. Did Kyle Rittenhouse break the law by carrying an assault style rifle in Kenosha? The 17-year-old accused of shooting three people during a protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, faces several charges, including first... A degree intentional homicide, but some widely shared Facebook posts say he should be cleared of at least some of them. In an August 27th post, one Facebook user said it was perfectly legal for Kyle Rittenhouse, who was arrested in Antioch, Illinois, after fleeing Wisconsin. Ooh, fleeing was, oh, there's already a problem there. Yeah. To brandish, we went through the brandish right. conversation on the last <laughs> episode, an assault-style rifle on the streets of Kenosha. Quote, carrying a rifle across state lines is perfectly legal, the poster said. Based on the laws I can find of this area at 17 years old, Kyle was perfectly legal to be able to possess that rifle without parental supervision. The post was flagged as a part of Facebook's efforts to combat false news and misinformation on its news feed. On August 25th, two pro- Protesters were killed and one injured after police say someone opened fire on them. The (laughs) police. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, the the manipulation of this story is crazy. Yeah. The violence occurred on the third night of the protests over the shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man by a white police officer in Kenosha. Blake survived, but is partially paralyzed from a bullet that severed his spinal cord. Rittenhouse stands accused of shooting the protesters since his lawyer has said that Rittenhouse obtained the assault style rifle. You know, this just so everybody knows, I know the gun people out there already know this, but assault style rifle is a completely made up term by the media. That's a media term. There's no such thing as an assault style rifle. They've uh, in the past called AR-15s repeatedly. They call it an assault rifle, which it is categorically not an assault rifle but you know it's scarier to say assault rifle um you know you can strike more fear into the public by misnaming it that way but they got called out too many times so now they call it an assault style rifle which means it's just black it's a black (laughs) rifle from a friend in wisconsin meaning that he didn't transport it from his home in illinois in in illinois Illinois, we're going to focus on the second half of that claim that it was perfectly legal for the teenager to carry a firearm in Kenosha. So that's something that I heard uh, come up a few times with this. I've been going back and forth, um, even with some normie, some liberal normie friends that I have, because uh, I I always felt very strongly about this. I had a lot of conversations where they say, you know, he didn't even live there. He crossed straight lines. That's called hunting if you go somewhere else to shoot someone. Okay, he crossed state lines, but he lived 25 minutes away. <laughs> he didn't like travel right. hours and like brood in the car while listening to, you know, death metal to go kill someone. It was a 25 minute drive to kiss. from his home to where he was. So uh, that's anyways, let's keep going. Um, is that true? State laws suggest not, says PolitiFact. The Wisconsin Department of Justice honors concealed carry permits issued in Illinois, but Rittenhouse did not have a permit to begin with. He was not my editorial. uh, He was not concealed carrying. That's yeah. Wisconsin is an open. Yeah, that's that's I have that highlighted the concealed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Wisconsin Department of Justice honors concealed carry permits. But Rittenhouse did not have a permit to begin with. And he was not legally old enough to carry a firearm in Wisconsin. Again, some uh, manipulation of the facts there. And it's it's sad because if you know anything about guns, gun laws, that's easy to pick out. But of course, the people who are going to PolitiFact for their fact checking don't know the first thing about firearms or firearm laws. Um So, you know, he was not concealed carrying. So this entire paragraph about how he didn't have a CCW permit means nothing. It's a junk paragraph. Throw it away. Okay. In Illinois, concealed carry applications, again, must be at least 21 years old. Rittenhouse is 17. He would not qualify for a permit. Doesn't matter. He was not concealed carrying, PolitiFact. You're lying to the American (laughs) public. Continuing on. He had it out for everyone to see. It was not concealed whatsoever. He was open carrying. (laughs) 
Okay, okay. Go on. Moving on. Wisconsin law stipulates that any person under 18 years of age who possesses or goes armed with a dangerous weapon is guilty of a class A misdemeanor. On August 27th, prosecutors charged Rittenhouse with a misdemeanor count of possession of dangerous weapons under the age of 18, according to the court records. Now, that very well could be true. And not that he possessed it at all, but he de- possessed it without parental supervision. Okay. Um, a 17-year-old se- a can have a rifle, but if uh, he needs to have his parents with him. Yeah. First, first off, if you click on that link, the stipulates link, uh, uh-huh. it takes you to not the actual thing that they're talking about here because it uh, takes you to, let's see, what is this? Uh 840 or 948.605 section 2 1m a person who possesses a firearm uh, in accordance with blah 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 it, it has nothing to do with what uh, they were trying to link it to a different Fake section link. no it's it's the same Mis- misleading link it, well not even misleading it's just a, i think it's just a mistake uh-oh did i lose ah. um yeah i had stuff highlighted here i wonder what happened to my highlights I'm trying to find the actual spot here because uh, it did clarify. Wow. Did they change the page or something? You want to keep yeah, cruising keep, it while yeah, I continue? Yeah, keep reading the article right. there. Uh, where was I? John Monroe, an attorney who specializes in gun rights, told the Milwaukee Journey Sentinel that there's an exception for rifles and shotguns, which is aimed at letting children ages 16 and 17 hunt that could apply. But Rittenhouse wasn't in Kenosha to hunt. Okay, so you're saying the law says it's fine, but he wasn't there to hunt. Well, which is it? Some people are saying he specifically went there to hunt rioters. So, I mean, (laughs) it puts them in a between a rock and a hard place with that. Just a little gallows humor there. The newspaper reported that based on interviews, videos and social media posts, Rittenhouse considered himself to be a militia member protecting private property. His Facebook page, which has since been taken down, had several posts expressing support for the police. Oh, the horror. (laughs) The horror that this evil child would support the police quote people are getting injured and our job is to protect this business Rittenhouse told the Daily Caller in a video interview before the shooting oh interesting before the shooting quote and whoa 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 before the shooting he had a video interview with the Daily Caller that's pretty interesting if you talk about setting up a situation you know, to create, uh, you know, a bigger story than it originally was. Right. Huh. Hmm. Okay. We'll put that off to put a pin in that quote. And my job also is to protect people. If someone is hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle. I've got to protect myself, obviously, but I also have my med kit. We reached out to the person who published the Facebook posts for a comment, but we haven't heard back. Whether Rittenhouse violated Wisconsin law by possessing a firearm underage is the subject of ongoing litigation, but the Facebook post claimed that it was, quote, perfectly legal for the teenager to carry an assault-style rifle in Kenosha. At best, it's unproven. At worst, it's inaccurate. Either way, we we rate this post false. (laughs) Either way. when When you hear... What I just read, the entire thing, does that just scream false that we need to make up our mind that it's called false when they literally just said it's uh, it's up for debate and will be decided in the courts? This is what I don't get about. I think this is just playing on the the 
I don't know, the laziness of the public to not actually read articles and just read headlines or read, you know, certain things and, and that confirm their bias. Because if you read through it, yeah, even the article itself brings into question, like if I, if I, if I was just objective about this and I thought, okay, it's false. Let's see. And I read the article, I'd be like, okay, how did they conclude it's false? That's they they don't. This is the second or third episode we've hit a PolitiFact article, and they're the worst of the fact-checking things. At least Snopes, when they you know uh, rate something true or false, at least they take a strong stance on it. Yeah, this is like the third PolitiFact uh, fact-checking article that ends with, "Well, maybe it isn't, maybe it's not. We'll see." But we say it's false. <laughs> it's like wait. That's not your job. You're supposed to figure it out. Well, no, it is their so, job. Post-2013 Smith-Munn Modernization Act. They're getting paid. That's They're getting paid right. to do this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That is their job. They need... They, Anyways, so enough bashing on PolitiFact. They don't need any more from me. We'll let the public uh, continue that. Yeah. But so there's a few things to, to mention. You just let me know when you have something I, to jump in You know, in with, I, couldn't, I can't find the actual... Because there's a section that talked about how... Uh, again, it, there's some exemptions with age and, you know, there, it was just the whole thing. It would, it debunked basically the political fact claims there in general, yeah. um, based on yeah. Wisconsin and state law. So like, even when they're trying right. to link it to the thing, it's like, they don't link it to the right thing because obviously if they did, they'd, you know, if anyone who wants to actually read through it, they'd be like, uh, that's the exact opposite of what political fact is coming to conclusions for. But in any case, I can't find the exact yeah. spot here. It's, uh, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a mess. Well, you know, law papers and If you documents. find it. Oh, I get it. So now, Gans, I'm assuming you watched all of the footage of this Kyle Rittenhouse situation. I watched most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I watched all of it. And I mean, it's very obvious that uh, a very strong case is going to be made for self-defense. And that's really where all this comes in. Right. Um, the first person he shot, that was the headshot, which is, is a little brutal. And this was kind of before the big tussle that uh, that the other two shootings occurred in. But wasn't but wasn't if you look getting, at the moment. Yeah. OK, go on. Go on. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So obviously these rioters are mad and they're, of course, attacking people and businesses and things like that. The first one, uh, he, he shot this bald guy and the bald guy is charging him at such an incredible speed. I mean, this reminded me of like, I don't know when you see a zombie movie or like, uh, the white walkers in, uh, game of Thrones or something. And it's just this sort of mindless, frantic, super fast sprint straight at somebody. Um, and, uh, and you know he and it's being reported when you you know read it on liberal things that it, you know he just shot this guy in the head out of nowhere but you watch the video it is a full on zombie sprint straight at Kyle and uh you know in the self defense laws you know you're you you must take all other actions before you fire your weapon um but this bald guy he was burly and running full speed right at Kyle, you know, uh, he, I, 
I feel he felt he couldn't have run. He couldn't have done anything else. And in that moment when you've got, you know, a second to spare, not even a second, he made the choice and fired his weapon and took that guy out. And uh, that one was a little brutal, especially because uh, considering the following video. The second video was Kyle was actively running away from a mob of people and the mob is chasing him down. And of course, like all these videos, you hear the mob yelling, kill him, take his gun, no, 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 all this kind of stuff. And again, down to self-defense law, uh, somebody yelling that they're going to kill you or take your gun or those types of trigger phrases that alone is enough to trigger a self-defense situation much less them running after you a mob of people running after you that's a a a decent reason for a self-defense uh criminal defense then if you watch the video he gets knocked down one guy smacks him in the head with a skateboard and uh if we're just going on precedent People have been charged with attempted murder just in the past few months for beating people with their skateboard. So a skateboard is considered a lethal weapon. So that's attack one. Uh, That guy is the guy who got shot in the chest and went down. After that, uh, you have, oh my gosh, I don't have his name up. Shoot. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up. Um the the big conversation is about the guy who got shot in the arm. Right, if he had a gun uh, in his hand. But but also yeah, didn't and he mm-hmm. th- there was somebody and maybe this is the point where another guy went at him, but he he actually he was uh, the, you know Kyle was already on the ground and he yeah. had his gun and I think this is after he shot one guy already and then the other guy came and he actually showed restraint like he didn't just shoot him. Mm-hmm. And and he yeah. kind of waited no. because he he stopped. Mm-hmm. The guy was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Like, whoa, you know, this is yep. a little intense." But then I think and that's another thing. It, sorry. Oh, I thought I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the same guy decided after he paused to go in anyway. And I think that's is it mm. the same guy or different guy? I, I couldn't really tell. I, it was a different guy. It was a different guy. It okay, different I'm not guy. like I didn't dissect that video too hard. I just watched it a couple times. Yeah, it's, it's I, hard to, man, I spent a lot of time just on my own going through this. Um, so then, yes, and, and that's another point for Kyle. And that, and I look, I'm not trying to. Do, I have no personal stake yeah, in yeah. this kid Kyle's story. I have no. I'm literally just going from what I know about uh, gun laws, which is you know more than at least the average normie, um, and what you see in the video. And Kyle showed pretty impressive restraint there were a couple people who ran in and swung at him or were running straight at him that he you know not that it would have been legal for him to shoot at but in a panic situation a lot of people would have been shooting a lot more rounds this kyle kid was not firing indiscriminately at a crowd which you'll hear reported in some places he every shot that he uh that he discharged hit the target it was meant to discharge uh, it was meant to hit he fired a total um from my count of three rounds and he hit three people so this is yeah. not a panicked kid I, uh, just firing a gun willy-nilly i was speaking to a neighbor same i mentioned him before the same neighbor who was a cop for 20 something years and um yeah he's like a liberal guy he's like a lib joe guy 
And he was like, yeah. man, this, this kid, I'm more impressed that, that he only, you know, he took three, he, he fired off three rounds and all of them are hits. Yep. <laughs> I know. Was like, I was very impressed too. In, in the madness of that situation, yeah. he really showed a lot of restraint. Right. Um, this, then there's this other guy and I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's spelled G A I G E. So Gage, Gage maybe? probably. Yeah. Uh, Gage Grosskreutz. Now, this was the guy who got shot in the arm, and uh, this is the one that people, you know, you look on your liberal friends might have posted it, you know, your Black Lives Matter people, they will show you the picture of his arm that got shot, got, you know, got a rifle around through it. It's not pretty looking, but they will crop out. His hand (laughs) that is holding a pistol (laughs) to, you know, try to give this guy some innocence. He's not innocent. He is a felon, number one. So he should not even have a gun. Um, But in the video, you see this gauge guy running up to Kyle after Kyle shot the skateboard guy in the chest and other people backed off. Again, Kyle, uh, after that one guy got shot. Other people running up to him were like, oh, no, I do not want to mess this with the kid. He's this kid is serious. And they back up. They raise their hands. And this gauge guy comes running up to Kyle, pulls out of a, a pistol and is in the process of aiming it at his head. And then that's when Kyle uh, discharges around at Gage, hits him in the arm. Um, and of course, he goes running and holds on to his pistol. So, you know, this whole story that he's mindlessly shooting Black Lives Matter protesters, peaceful protesters, is the most egregious propaganda I have ever seen. Now, of course, then comes the stories about, well, he was too young. He's only 17. He brought a gun across state lines, uh, which, you know, a normal yeah. person. Again, if you don't know anything about gun law, uh, there are many states, Illinois and Wisconsin are two of them, where it's not illegal to bring a gun across state lines. And uh, so there, you know, that that immediately is taken away. Then there's the he's 17 years old. He's not allowed to have a gun. That's not true. You can have a gun when you're under 18 in a lot of states. Um, and then, you know. It's funny because that PolitiFact article actually debunks the <laughs> the liberal uh, stance on that uh, on his you know his age restriction, and then of course they try to muddy up the conversation with the talk about the concealed carry. But concealed carry laws do not apply in this case. He was open carrying. Wisconsin is an open carry state. You can just carry a rifle wherever you want. Um, So when it comes to the courts, this kid uh, is not going to be convicted of murder first, especially first degree murder. He didn't travel hours on end to go hunt protesters. He drove 25 minutes to a to a town that he spends a lot of time in because it's the next big town. You know, kids need big towns to go do whatever kids are going to do. Now, the other thing is with his, uh, his rap sheet. And I mentioned last episode that the rap sheet conversation is not one that, you know, the liberals want to have right now because, um, I don't have it up in front of me, but he has a number of, uh, items on his rap sheet, including drug paraphernalia. He has a couple of those. So, you know, he got caught, 
with a bong or something or a, a pipe or something like that, which, you know, it doesn't look great on the rap sheet, but he's a 17 year old kid. That's kind of kind of what happens. Look, I'm not going to try to defend him. I don't mean to downplay it. He had a couple of drug paraphernalia charges. He had a uh, intoxicated while firing a firearm, which, again, on its face, sounds like he's drunkenly running down the street, you know, shooting at things. But uh, in reality, you know, he's out, out shooting guns with his buddies or something and drinking beers. You know, he drinks some beers and go shoot some cans, which uh, is illegal, but it's not necessarily like a terrorist type of uh, rap sheet that this kid has. Um, so certainly having priors is not going to help him in the the courts. Uh, but, you know, it's he's not some hardened criminal like he's being made out to be. Uh, then thirdly, you know, oh, going into the rap sheet thing. Uh, and this has been uh, discussed quite a bit, but every single I, at least two out of the three people who he shot were also were actual felons. <laughs> The bald guy who charged him like a like a PCP zombie, uh, he was a felon. And then this gauge guy was a felon. Um, and then I think the third guy had uh, a sexual charge on his thing. So that's obviously, uh, you know, being brought up in the conservative circles. But and this gauge guy was a felon. He was was also illegally carrying a firearm. So this whole conversation about, uh, you know, oh, this this Kyle kid is an evil terrorist and he shot some innocent, peaceful protesters is complete bunk. Um, And, you know, I saw some articles regarding one of the guys uh, the guy who got shot in the chest it was very unfortunate. You know, they say this 30, I think it was 36 or 34, 36 year old father and, uh, you know, peaceful activist is shot and killed by crazy white supremacist, 17 year old. But uh, that guy, you know, just on the basis of you're trying to make this guy into sort of a saint who is peacefully protesting when, the video, the very video shows him running up to a minor who's on the ground and smashing him in the head with a skateboard just on his face <laughs> destroys the argument that he was this peaceful father of one who wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, so that's just, you know, in the video evidence, that's not even digging into his actual past. But anyway, so there's the rundown of... Uh, of my view of what went on with this Kyle kid. Since then, this Kyle kid has really gotten a lot of positive attention uh, from the right for a lot of reasons. And that makes total sense to me why that would be happening. And uh, yeah, I think in the end, he's going to be okay. I doubt, I doubt he's going to have any serious uh, prison time for this. All right. You done? <laughs> That's my rant. That was a long rant. Um, I know. Okay. Well, uh, while you didn't look at the news, there was uh, more turmoil over the weekend. Race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. And uh, this was a shooting that occurred, I believe, last night in Portland. Or maybe it was the night before. Uh, this is coin.com. Wheeler denounces shooting, trades blame with trump oh dang it i'm so sorry there's one thing i needed to mention kyle immediately 
tried to turn himself into the police. He walked immediately after following this, walked towards a group of police with his hands up. Uh, There were some, even some reports of audio of him, you know, saying, I just shot somebody. I need to turn myself in. Um, And the cops just drove right past him and kept, you know, and the, the uh, the media will say, you know, he's got his white privilege. He's, uh, you know, walked right up to the cops and the cops didn't care. They just kept on driving. Well, there was just a shooting and there was dead people on the ground. So, yes, the, the cops had other things on their mind at the time. Um, he tried to turn himself in right after the incident and then later turned himself in uh, more effectively. So this is not, you know, he's not trying to get away with murder, literally. Right. Okay. Sorry. So okay. it's okay. On to the next story. All right. So in Portland, there was another shooting, another death. Uh, Portland, Oregon, Mayor Ted Wheeler reiterated his message of not tolerating violence in the wake of Saturday's deadly shooting and traded barbs with President Donald Trump over the situation, who was tweeting his own comments during a press conference. Wheeler began Sunday's briefing joined by Por- uh, Portland Police Bureau Chief Chuck Lovell, or Lavelle, and Molnuma. Uh, what is this? Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt by offering condolences to the friends and family of the man killed in downtown Portland and condemning the violence. He vowed to support law enforcement in capturing the suspect and holding that person accountable. Quote, the tragedy of last night cannot be repeated. Wheeler said all of us must take a stand against violence. One person died Saturday night after groups of pro-Trump protesters and counter-demonstrators clashed near Southwest 3rd and Alder, one witness told Coin6 News. While acknowledging the constitutional right Americans have to come into Portland, he warned anyone seeking retribution later Sunday night to stay away. The mayor said the situation cannot de-escalate without a, unif- uh, without, uh, a unified cooperation. Wheeler then turned the focus to the national front and said Trump's lack of leadership and unwillingness to denounce violence as the culprit creating the divide in Portland. And he just goes, you know, bonkers after a big orange man there. But uh, I just thought it was very interesting. This, this article in particular sort of, uh, you know, siding with the uh, Ted Wheeler, uh, the mayor of Portland, because I don't know if you saw the footage of this one, Basil, but uh, (laughs) there's a scuffle. There's a, it looks like there's some kind of uh, smoke bomb or maybe a Molotov cocktail or something going off. And, and then it said, some guy yells, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he says like, there's the Trump guy or like Trump supporter or whatever. And then there's pop. the Trump supporter. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a big, there's a gunshot. And you know, the aftermath is, has been pretty crazy as well. I'm going to go to this New York post article and this is again, this is right wing now. So this is a right wing report just you know, for clarity's sake. Man yeah. suspected in deadly Portland shooting calls himself 100% Antifa. Uh, hmm. So <laughs> they went to his social media stuff and yeah, uh, it says an ex-military man who calls himself 100% Antifa and ready for war is being investigated over the sh- deadly shooting of a president Trump supporter in Portland. According to a report, Michael Forrest rain Reynol, 48 is being investigated over the death of Aaron Danielson, a supporter of the right-wing Patriot Prayer Group, who was part of a caravan of Trump supporters who flooded the city Saturday. Police told the Oregonian, and yeah, the footage shows uh, you know these I don't know these trucks 
you know, carrying the Trump flag and uh, rolling through Portland and people screaming and yelling and throwing stuff at him. And a few people tried yeah. to stand in front of the car, which I don't know what you're doing. Any kind of protest. Like, oh, why are you standing decision. in front of That's a car? kind of like trying to beat a guy who has a gun with a skateboard and then you get shot and wonder why you got shot. Yeah. Uh, he was standing in front of a big truck and wondering why you get run over. Yeah. Uh, he was identified in part by a distinctive tattoo on his neck of a black power fist, as well Ooh. as a call from his estranged sister who recognized him in video and photos of the deadly attack. The paper said the 36 year old sister whom the Oregonian agreed not to name was first alerted after a threatening call that woke her at 8 AM Sunday warning that quote, our whole family was in danger Unless we turned him over, uh, quote, we reached out to police and confirmed that we recognized Michael in the screenshots from the shooting. She told the paper, the father of two is estranged from most of his family, including his parents after stealing from them. The sister said, quote, on the one hand, this whole thing surprises the daylights out of us because we always thought he is a lot of bark, not a lot of bite. She said, but he's also been very impulsive and irrational. She decried the shooting as, quote, not the solution to the nation's problems. Uh, and then kind of, you know, goes on to quote the, uh, the, the man there. Uh, let's see. It says here, Renoll, who had a, a son and a daughter regularly posts about black lives matter and the protests on his social media, which is now swamped with threats and pro Trump messages in the comments quote, every revolution needs people that are will willing and ready to fight. He wrote in June, comparing it to his time in the army. Quote, mm. I am 100% Antifa all the way. I am willing to fight for my brothers and sisters, he said, insisting he would not run from violence. Quote, mm. it will be a war, and like all wars, there will be casualties, he wrote, calling protesters in Antifa, my brothers in arms. He also claims to have been hit by a rubber, uh, a rubber bullet while working security at protests, and most recently posted video of a flag being burned by a mob chanting F Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh... And again, you know, it kind of goes so on it's so funny. Here. The things, <laughs> you know, they, they tear this Kyle kid apart for saying that he supports the police. And that's used as, uh, you know, proof that he's a white supremacist terrorist who wants to shoot people. And then you have this guy literally saying, I want to shoot people. <laughs> yeah. I need to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm good. I am. A, I am a hundred percent Antifa. I'm ready to, to <laughs> ready to get whoever needs to get got. And then here you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it's very strange how in this particular situation, uh, a lot of the liberal social media, at least that I've seen, and obviously this isn't the sentiment of everybody, but a lot of what I've seen is like, uh, doing the same thing as the, uh, as this guy, Ted Wheeler did kind of blame Trump for it all, you know, because, Oh, this is Trump's America. And, uh, you know, the, the, nobody mentioning how this guy was like openly Antifa. Like I am Antifa. I will shoot. I will fight, you know, whatever. Right. And, and, you know, because all the same social media people in the past were saying Antifa is not a terrorist group. They're not violent. They're anti-fascists, you know, and they're trying to, We'll play that yeah. whole card. And now they're just, if they even, even if, even if, sorry, if they even admit that Antifa is real and not just a right, a right. right wing hoax. Yeah. 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 There's, there's different levels here. Uh, but I just thought it was very interesting that, uh, in this particular situation you have, uh, you know, the opposite end of what 
uh, and, and yeah. a Trump supporter getting killed, but no one really cares in terms of the media yeah. and stuff. They're not going to really carry this or, or push this or anything like that. And, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate this kind of thing doesn't need to happen. I'm, I'm against all kinds of violence, but, yeah. uh, and then there's, there's the conversation about, you know, again, going to the tinfoil hat conversation of, uh, you know, actors, yes, uh, yes. just state actors, not, not even have to be actors like Hollywood acting, right, but right. state actors. Provocateurs. You no, know, it's very, yes, it's very convenient. And I, I didn't hear that before about how Kyle had given an interview to the Daily Caller before he went there. You know, that's a perfect state actor setup yeah. uh, for, you know, getting attention beforehand. And then, oh, this kid, you know, did this thing. And this is kind of similar too. you know, he's kind of the perfect Antifa representative, or at least what, you know, we've been taught uh, Antifa people are like, you know, constantly talking about hurting people and doing that sort of thing. Right. So it is possible, you know, if you lean full into the tinfoil hat propaganda theory that, you know, these are all continued uh, setups to keep stoking division and eventually civil war, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the, the play here for a long time. And uh, we'll do one quick, one more quick story. That's not as, not as crazy, but also part of the, the whole race war propaganda machine here. The race wars, race wars, race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. Speaking of tinfoil hats and all of that, Eurogamer.net Ubisoft pulls Ooh. Black Lives Matter raised fist from new Tom Clancy game following backlash. So uh, our Twitch oh. viewers might find this interesting since it's a game related yeah. story. Ubisoft has promised to pull an image used in a Tom Clancy video game after it was accused of promoting alt-right Black Lives Matter conspiracy theories. Okay, so alt-right what? Black Lives Matter conspiracy theories meaning that Black Lives Matter is a sort of a construct of the New World Order, that type of thing. Uh, right. Ubisoft came under fire this weekend for its use of the raised fist image in the intro video for Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, a kind of Tom Clancy all-stars action RPG for mobile device uh, devices drenched in a Fortnite-style graphics style. Its development by Oliant, ooh, Owl, Owl, Liant, the Paris-based uh, studio behind horse breeding games. This is a big, <laughs> big jump from horse breeding to uh, full-on, uh, <laughs> you know, civil unrest games. The intro video depicts yeah. a society in civil unrest, a group called Umbra, a faceless. Uh, this is a quote: "quote A faceless organization that wants to build a new world order." is said to be organizing deadly terrorist attacks to generate even more chaos and weaken governments, quote, at the cost of many innocent lives. Umbra uses the raised fist as its symbol. The intro video has been roundly criticized on social media for tapping into real-world alt-right Black Lives Matter conspiracy theories and the creation of the mm -hmm. games as enemy organization. One of the game's narrative designers took to Twitter to express anger about the use of the raised fist, saying they were under the impression Umbra were supposed to be a James Bond-esque villain organization, quote, not something that looks like what the Q conspiracy people think is happening. <laughs> <laughs> the Ubisoft representatives took to YouTube to say the raised fist logo was chosen, quote, because it is a universal symbol of resistance 
and to insist, quote, any resemblance to images associated with the Black Lives Matter movement is coincidental. Uh, quote, the Tom Clancy's Elite Squad is a work of fiction and does not portray any wor- real-world events, Ubisoft said. Quote, however, however, we have listened to players who have pointed out similarities, and to avoid any confusion, we have decided to modify the trailer in the next update. Uh, so Interesting. There you go. Yeah, a little cancel culture going on for Ubisoft. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And, you know, the raised fist thing, you know, uh, I guess the current generation or the current uh, group of, you know, cognitive observers will connect the raised fist, obviously, to Black Lives Matter. Now, this... I mean, the raised fist has been a long-standing uh, uh, symbol. I mean, it was a Marxist symbol. It was a socialist symbol. It was a communist symbol. It's you know, it's been a symbol for for many different movements. And yeah, like you said, it's a it's a recurring symbol for different resistance movements. Uh, depending on you know, no matter where you want to. Uh, uh, pointed out i mean this it was also a symbol in the spanish civil war it was a symbol from the french revolution it was a symbol it it is a recurring resistance symbol and it doesn't belong to black lives matter so i understand the game developer here um but it it shows an interesting trend in uh you know in society that symbols can be owned and operated by single entities and uh soon they're gonna you know be making copyright claims on the the fist up symbol yeah we'll have uh somebody will say like hey you know the these fists have a really edgy thumb our fists have a rounded thumb so yeah they're gonna be going to court on the the design of the actual yeah yeah uh, but I just thought yeah. it was funny that they would go with uh, that sort of uh, narrative in the storyline, or at least the imagery to go along with the narrative. And, you know, people yeah. got all upset, you know. That it's, is funny. <laughs> and, you know, it's not necessarily wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. Yep. All right. But we, let's take a quick break all and right. then we'll get into all the, the coronavirus uh, mishap here going on. Sounds good. All right. All here right. We go. Let's take a quick break. Okay, folks, we're going to take a very quick break, but don't go anywhere because after the break, uh, we've got uh, quite a breakdown of uh, COVID mind control and the CDC and the recent revolution that seems to be happening over at the CDC and the, uh, the madness in the responses from the media and others. So stick around for that important update. Uh, but before then... We want to thank a few people. We want to thank some new Twitch followers as well as some producers of this show. Guns, are you ready to ding away? It's up. That's right. Okay, first of all, we we had quite a number of Twitch followers come in since the last episode, so I'm going to zoom through. You ready? Yep. You're ready. Checkmate121. Aaron Swartz76. Wiley Coyote1. I feel like that one's been around before, the Wiley Coyote. Maybe. Uh, J. Denver Airport Artist. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's J. Vela. I wonder if J. Vela changed their name to J. Denver Airport Artist. Maybe. Uh, Sour Pickles. Uh, 
pyrovirus. And the drama continues, Gons. Basil's mom, no daughter-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> Got another cast member. Uh, best, best pop ever. Awesome. Snowbird woman. Uh, Marquis or Mark ninety three sixty eight. Here's a good one. Only here for Canary Cry, nineteen seventy six. Hannah Faith seven. Alaska NCC, uh, Alaskan CC. This one, real Zyries, real Zyries. Okay, Sneezy Mango. And lastly, we have Felipe. Okay. Thank you, Philippe. There we go. Those are all our new Twitch followers. And just to keep everybody posted, we do appreciate those followers on Twitch. Uh, as you know, uh, YouTube has uh, not been kind to us. They don't like us very much. So we recommend that you follow us on multiple platforms because you never know when we'll just disappear from one of them. And Twitch is one of the one of the ones we like to uh, recommend to people. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. We'll pop that link in the chat for you if you want to jump on now and uh, make sure to turn on notifications so thank you very much next we want to thank some of our producers producers you say yes producers and here's why we operate on the value for value model we believe advertising and the system built around it is an evil system that uh, motivates and incentivizes content creators to consider their listenership as numbers or animals or crops to be multiplied at any cost. Say what you must say, do what you must do, as long as you get as many eyeballs so uh, that you can turn around and sell those eyeballs to corporations for your own personal gain. We believe the advertising system has uh, brought integrity to its knees in these days and so therefore we made the decision we will not be advertising we don't want to consider you our listeners as commodities to be traded for our own personal gain instead we work on the value for value system which means we create value we do the show we do it often and we do it well and uh in turn if you enjoy the show, if you get value, whether you've listened to one or 10 or 100 episodes, if it brings any value to your life, you are then faced with the option to rebel against the global theology of advertising and monetization and all these types of things. Uh, you know, it's truly a rebellious act to uh, purposefully support a piece of media that you find valuable. And that's what we ask. If you find value in what we do, uh, consider jumping in and helping creating, help create the value. And uh, financially, you know, this is the real world. If you help a piece of media pay for a piece of media to be created you're not just a donor you are a producer you're part of the team you're on the team and so we want to thank some of the new team members right now and one of the best ways to do that is you can go to patreon.com slash ccnt for canary cry news talk um, and you can join up there and right now since last episode we've had one uh, upgraded support since last episode and that is from Sergio so thank you very much Sergio for your increased support 
I always say it. It's hard enough to get new people to jump in and support. It's even harder to uh, encourage or to inspire people to increase their current support. So thank you, Sergio, for finding value in what we do and being an integral part of keeping that value going. Um, But that's it. No other uh, producers on the Patreon or the Canary Cry Radio Patreon. But if you don't like Patreon, which we understand a lot, there's a lot of reasons not to like Patreon, but that's why we have canarycryradio.com slash support canarycryradio.com slash support that is right and if you head over there to canarycryradio.com slash support we'll throw the link in the uh in the chat for you If you uh, don't like Patreon, that's a great spot. We got PayPal options. You can make a monthly support uh, amount, or if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time support amount. I'm trying not to call it donation. I need to find a better term for that. Uh, If you want to become a producer, there's all sorts of options. Uh, There's also cryptocurrency and stuff like that. Gons. What do we have coming in on PayPal since last episode? Since last episode, we have three new producers. We have Timothy, who came in with a nice uh, support. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Timothy. We also have William, who stepped up as a producer. Thank you very much, William. And also James. Thank you, James. James, James, James. And um, I will say we... Uh, you haven't been kicked off the line, which is a good sign, but yeah. we still have had quite a bit of buffering issues. And, yeah. and I'm, I, I just, I don't know at this point if this is a situation well, that's uh, internet related from my location or the restream, which divides up the stream or yeah. It's yeah. A lot of, I think a lot of it's, questions. I think there's multiple steps to it and I will I will proudly say we tried your idea last episode, still had disconnections. Then we tried my idea for this episode, and so far, no lost Skype calls gone, so I think I get the point for this one. Um, but you're right, still a lot of buffering. I'm wondering if there's an additional hang-up bottleneck going on uh, with our restream. We might want to try maybe streaming to less uh, places. Maybe we can give up a uh, one or two because right now we stream to what four five six different places we stream to seven different places seven yeah, yeah I'm, I'm wondering maybe we can try cutting that down to maybe four for next episode we'll see if that helps with the bottlenecking issues yeah well i will say that your solution cost money mine was a free a free attempt <laughs> yes uh, well uh, there you go you gotta spend money to make money yeah guns. yeah uh, okay, but we also um, we do want to thank some uh, of our different producers who come in with music or art. So uh, that's right. We we always look for art. One art, please. <laughs> okay, and uh, we some... before we uh, show the artwork, we did get a track from Joey Sims. So thank you, Joey, for sending okay. it. Um, right. it. It didn't have any lyrics or anything like that. Uh, it's just an electronic thing. I'll play. I don't know, a few seconds of it here. I think this is it right here. Let's see. Okay. That's not it. That's that's the ape. <laughs> that's a monkey. Oh, no. I don't think I have it. Uh, oh, God. So I thought I had it in my... promises. I know. I thought I had it in my folder here, but maybe I have to Whoops. go back and pull it up. Uh, sorry yeah, about we'll that, Joey Sims, but it, it, it was... Uh, and this is another thing that we, we constantly try to remind people 
that do want to produce jingles or music for us for the playlist at the end. Uh, we appreciate because people send us stuff and they're like, hey, you know, I recorded this a few years ago and and that's great. We love it. Thank you so much for sending that to us. Uh, but we are looking for show specific things that, yeah. that have direct references to either stories yeah. or uh, a, a, you know, a topic that we talk about. And so yeah, even if it's, uh, you know, you make, even if you have, uh, you know, an old uh, song that you've written or a piece of electronic music that you've created, um, you know, it's easy to make it show specific. Just take some clips of the show, you know, play with it around, put it to a beat, you know, put the chop it up, make me say things that I didn't say. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> uh, it just something to make it canary cry. Right. Uh, is is what we're looking for. Yes. And oh man, I really thought I downloaded that track, but I guess I didn't because I can't I can't find it. Uh, I'll have mm. to play it again maybe next episode. But in the meantime, for the uh, the drawings, the 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 actual pen to paper type of work that we constantly get that, that I truly appreciate. I think it's, it's very yeah, cool that we get it's these. Great. It's great. Love uh, it. Love fan art. Uh, this is fan art from, uh, from producer Ali, of course, our, our probably our most uh, very, uh, I don't know. What, what is she? She's our prolific. Prolific. That's the word I'm prolific artist. Yes. Ali Gazel and bonds. Gazel and bonds in the chat. And this is uh two pigs. Elon's prized pigs. Healthy, <laughs> it says healthy and happy, happy, happy. <laughs> she gets uh, it. Yes. And if you didn't catch our Neuralink live stream, uh, yes, that was an ongoing theme was Elon Musk really wanted to convince us that his pigs were the happiest pigs around. Yeah. Jesus protects in on the YouTube chat. Fan jingles are fine and good, but why don't you guys create your own jingles? Hey, uh, yeah. yeah, most of the sounds jingles like are he's, in-house created, so maybe yeah, new, sounds new like listener. he's a new yeah. a new listener. Most of the jingles are created by Gons, yeah. um, but we have some talented people who listen. Yes, and we want to get them in on the project. Yes, and uh, so thank you, Allie. I, lo- I love the pigs; they're very cute. I wonder which one <laughs> the is. one is with the actual. Yeah, uh, the only names I remember was uh, Joyce was one of them, I think, and then uh, Gertrude. Gertrude, yeah. yes. Joyce and Gertrude. Yeah, we were both mm-hmm. off. Uh, we also very good. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Allie. We also got art from another regular, Jay Vela. This is Designer Vela. Babies. And uh, this is a, it's like a, a, a conveyor belt with little babies, a giant robot with uh, some wires attached to what looks like shower heads. Uh, but they're not shower heads. They're just probably, uh, uh, actually, those look like neurons or uh uh, what are they? Synapses in the brain, maybe. Ah, yeah. Uh, okay. And then on one side of the conveyor belt uh, has BCI, brain computer interface, and the other side has RFID. And there's a hooded uh, individual in the middle of the robot controlling it all. So, ah, yes. The there you go, babies. Very good, Jay Vela. Thank you very much. Yes, and uh, we also got one. This is a hand-drawn portrait of. Oh, you is and it I. Uh, yes, this is from Incarnate okay. Unlimited. Yes, Incarnate in the chat. Thank you so much. You kept us. We we kept getting updated. Uh, uh, well, updates of how the portrait was going, and it's finally ready, and it is incredible. Very talented. Yeah, uh, I showed it to my wife, and her reaction was, and I said, "Look, look, look, look how awesome I am, wife." There's people drawing <laughs> portraits of me. What do you think of that? 
And uh, she, her response was, uh, her response was, does he realize that you're way scruffier in person? So no, no love from the wife, even though a uh, beautiful portrait by incarnate. Not Unlimited. impressed. Not impressed. Not yeah, impressed. Very hard to impress but the wife. But we are very impressed with I'm Incarnate impressed. Unlimited's portrait here. Very incredible. And if, yes, so you've got a very, very, uh. It's oh, a very handsome picture of you there, Gons. One of your better headshots there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start using then, this for, um, my, uh, for, <laughs> my, for my CV. This is great. This looks, we could put this on a shirt. And then there's me, my my uh, portrait was from a picture of me at Burning Man uh, because I'm wearing my full face respirator and my goggles and my uh, my hat. And then he, he has a little canary down there in the corner. Yeah. Really very impressive incarnate. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so there you go. That's, that's the artwork for this episode. And uh, again, a continued thank you to that night wind who uh, continues to post timestamps in the YouTube on the face, like the sun YouTube channel for the episodes. So if you want to skip around and look at uh, what uh, is, uh, or what stories we talk when uh, mm-hmm. look for the pinned comment by that night wind. Uh, they've been doing a great job of giving us the timestamps for so uh, people don't have to sit through all the banter and yeah. uh, get right to the stories they want to get to. So very good. Um, yeah, Cody's Twitch account on Twitch says tattoo that on your back. That's a good tattoo. <laughs> tattoo uh, of my that's... own face on my back. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that'll be pretty. Uh, I don't know. That's that's like the definition of narcissism right there. It sounds like, yeah, something uh, Johnny Knoxville would have been dared to do or something. Didn't, oh, no. Um, didn't Steve-O do that? Steve-O, I thought, yes, tattooed himself. Steve-O, you're right. Yeah, anyway. He got his own face tattooed on him. So there you go. You're next, guys. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. There we go. Thank you to all of our producers, not just the financial kind, but also the talented artists that are continually working to create content for the show. Keep it going. We could not keep doing the show like we do if it weren't for our producers of all different stripes and uh, and experiences and and things like that. So we appreciate it so much. You guys are the best. Yep. Um, let's see here. Anything else? Bef- oh, real quick. Uh, we have one, one new rating and review over there on Apple podcasts from ACE band. Dad says, great show. Got to admit, I had to listen to a few episodes to really get it. But as a truth seeker of all things, it wasn't long before I became a big fan and look forward to every new episode. Thanks for all you do. Guns and Basil. Um, Really, actually, one of the most poignant reviews, I think, because I get it, you know, where that's one of one of the things about the show is uh, if it's your first time listening, there's kind of a lot going on that's unusual. You know, not very many shows go through the amount of production that we do when it comes to jingles and the the sort of inside jokes and the flippy and the, all this kind of stuff. Um, so I totally understand and I'm glad somebody said it. You kind of have to listen or watch a few shows to really understand and get into it. Um, and so I would recommend if this is your first show, uh, just keep in mind, you're not alone. It is a little weird. It seems a little, uh, you know, like there's a lot of inside jokes and ideas that you might not be, uh, uh, totally caught up on, but you just stick with it and you'll be part of the family in no time. So yeah. thank you very much. Uh, 
Ace Band Dad for that review. All right. And I would like to recommend everybody go leave a rating and a review like that is a great idea. Give people an idea of what they're getting into, help them through the process of getting into the show. And uh, it helps the the algorithms to share the show. We have no control over that. It's all you guys. And it's been a little while since we had a new review. So please head to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review of the show. Okay, should we get back into it, Gons? Yes, it's wake-up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Wake-up hey, wake time. Up. All right, so this has uh, been going around, making the rounds here, the whole 6% thing. I got a couple stories here. Uh, which one should I go with first? I think I'm going to go with um, the International Business Times article first. Uh, it says here, CDC finds only 6% of coronavirus deaths are solely from COVID-19. Okay, so mm-hmm. everyone's been talking about this over the weekend. You know, oh, 6%, only 6% of people have died. They, they do the math, you know, only 9,000 people have died of COVID. And um, that's a little dishonest, too, in, in a sense. But I do think it's important to sort of see what the uh, mainstream is starting to, to push here uh, and encounter to this, because the CDC did, in fact, publish this information. As the mm-hmm. COVID-19 pandemic continues, the death toll continues to rise, especially in the U.S., where more than 180,000 people have died since it began. However, a new figure released by the Centers for Disease Control has created a stir, especially after it was retweeted by the president. The CDC updated the provisional counts of deaths that have occurred from COVID-19 on August 26th and in the section of, uh, on comorbidities. Uh, they revealed that only 6% of deaths were caused by just the virus. That information has been seized by those who believe the total deaths and the severity of the pandemic have been greatly exaggerated as an effort to undermine the president during an election year. And it shows a tweet here from Elizabeth Prata. Uh, It was this type of tweet that that made the rounds. Only 6% of the 161,392 deaths Recorded actually died solely from COVID. That's 9,683 deaths from COVID only. Total. That's uh, the other 94% had two to three other serious illnesses, comorbidities, contributing to death. And most of those were advanced age, 74 to 85 plus. And it leaves a link there and it shows the the little section of, uh, you know, the little section of what uh, the CDC actually said. Another tweet, it was always been, uh, it was always, (laughs) they always pick one that uh, doesn't always have the best English here. It was always been about the election. Quote, this uh, quotes the CDC. This week, the CDC quietly updated the COVID number. Oh, no, this isn't the CDC. It's some other guy or some other person. The CDC quietly updated the COVID number to admit that only 6% of all the 153,504 deaths recorded actually died from COVID. That's 9,210 deaths. Uh, 94% had two to three other serious illnesses and overwhelming majority were of very advanced age. And a few more of those similar tweets there. However, others are also quickly pointed out that the numbers, uh, that the number was under the comorbidity section, meaning that 94% of those deaths that were related to COVID-19 or COVID were in those who also suffered from comorbidities, the same groups that were considered higher risk when the pandemic first took hold. As a result, they took social media with replies of their own. 
And yeah, this tweet in response to this secret society, Sally said this. Did I lose Basil? Hmm. Okay. You're still there. Okay. No, I'm here. The stupidity is mind blowing. Trump clans with a K are using oh, this great. to say only six to nine K don't ask. People have died from CV 19. They don't realize that 6% means they didn't have comorbidities or they weren't listed. The other 94% had comorbidities like all the high-risk factors CDC lists. Another, this is a yeah, Mrs. That's exactly what we're saying. <laughs> this is <laughs> Mrs. Krasenstein. She's a, she's a fun one. Trump retweeted a Q account with another lie, which claims that the CDC says only 6% of COVID-19 deaths died from COVID-19. That's not what the study says. First off, it's not a study. It says that 6% had no underlining health conditions. Approximately 60 to 70% of Americans have underlining health conditions. You moron. Real, real solid. Uh, a solid thing. JM, the Irish gangster tweeted to you, COVID only 6% people. It's like saying gunshot wounds don't kill people. It's a loss of blood that kills them. So that means guns have never killed anyone before, right? Use your brain. It's common sense. COVID is a Mouse. catalyst for high risk. We've known all along. Okay. Okay. And buddy. it goes on here. I don't want to read all of them. It's funny. Uh, yeah. You know, logical inconsistencies are really fun to just pull out to try to prove your point. Yeah. Uh, among the comorbidities <laughs> that also contributed to the high death toll were hypers, uh, hypertensive disease, diabetes, vascular and unspecific dementia, cardiac arrest, and heart failure. The pandemic. And the way it has been handled has become a sticking point in the U.S. as it is politicized ahead of the presidential election. Specifically, many have taken issue with mask mandates around the country, debating how effective they actually are at curbing the spread. The new criticism on the death toll also comes after the CDC changed its guidelines on exactly who needs to quarantine and when, with a 14-day period no longer required for international travelers or from state to state. However, while the guideline has changed, local governments can still impose restrictions. And uh, I think that's the end of the article there. So, I mean, it's funny how the International Business Times, all they can do is like, here's some tweets from this side. And then here are right. some counter tweets. And <laughs> that's yeah. their whole their whole thing. So, right. Um, and then, of course, uh, the other story from Forbes, Twitter removes claim about CDC and COVID-19 coronavirus deaths that Trump retweeted. So Trump retweeted one of the, uh, I think her, I think the, the woman he retweeted had uh, Mel Q, that's right, Mel Q, not to be mistaken as the sixth member of the Spice Girls, along with Mel B and Mel C. Ha ha, funny, Forbes guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Mel Q tweeted the, the, basically the same thing out. And right. uh, yeah, the whole, the whole thing goes after the QAnon thing. And of course, uh, Twitter deleted the tweet for dramatic effect, uh, yeah. fake news kind of thing. Always going makes on. it exciting. Yeah. So, um, I went to the website as, uh, as you know, we've been tracking a lot of what the CDC actually says. And we've been saying all along that their, their whole, uh, protocol of how to, to even label deaths by COVID. It was really suspect. A lot of mm -hmm. like use your own judgment kind of thing going on. Right. And, um, and this is the comorbidity section here. I'm showing on screen links are in the, the uh, description of canarycrynewstalk.com. 
And it says here, table three shows the types of health conditions and contributing causes mentioned in conjunction with deaths involving coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. For 6% of the deaths, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned for deaths without, or or, I'm sorry, for deaths with conditions or causes in addition to COVID-19. On average, there were 2.6 additional conditions or causes per death. The number of deaths with each condition or cause is shown uh, for all deaths by age group for data on comorbidity. Okay. So first off, uh, that Krasenstein lady said that like 60 to 70% have additional conditions. I don't know if that's true, but do most Americans have two and a half comorbidities? That's a lot of extra conditions (laughs) per person. You know, that again, going back to the person who was screaming about, uh, you know, how the manipulating statistics, you know, 70% of Americans have comorbidities. That depends what a comorbidity is. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're saying 70% of uh, Americans have had the flu before. <laughs> And you're counting that as a comorbidity, you know, that's not really exactly, that's not what we're looking at here. Yeah. You know, the serious comorbidities being, uh, well, one of the biggest ones being um, uh, heart condition, which a lot of people do, um, some other sort of uh, chronic condition, whether it's a lung condition or something, uh, it totally makes sense. And these are just kind of things that come with age a lot of times. Um, but then there's the development of pneumonia. You know, that's another thing with the flu is, you know, a lot of people don't die of the flu, but a lot of people die of pneumonia from the flu. Um, so or pneumonia after the flu or during the flu type of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know exactly. I can't quite read what so, you have there, yeah, but so it I'll, would be interesting to know exactly what these comorbidities are. Yeah. So this chart shows the the age group from left to right. So it has all ages on one row, and then it has 0 to 24, 25 to 34, 10-year increments, basically. And then mm-hmm. below it, it it's got you know, the, the total, which is 161,392. So, of course, you know, the people saying 180,000, they're off uh, by a little bit. Um, but then it says influenza and pneumonia, 68,000 for total. And 0 to 24 years old, 111. 25 to 34, 564, 35 to 44, 1400. So yes, the majority of them. Those are just age groups. Age groups, yeah. Who had pneumonia. Who had influenza and pneumonia. And Mm. over 30,000 of them are 65 plus that had influenza and pneumonia who passed away or who are part of this 68,000 people group. Uh, or, or number of yeah, people. Which deaths. pneumonia could potentially take somebody out, you know, in yeah, that by itself. group regardless. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying by itself. Chronic lower respiratory diseases totaling 13,780. Adult yeah. respiratory distress syndrome, 21,899. I thought this was interesting. Respiratory failure, 54,800. That's quite a lot. Hmm. And again, most yeah. of them, the, the, the quad, the, what is it? Uh, quadruple? No. Uh, five digit numbers in the 65 plus range. Uh, and then, in, you know, just a few thousand in the respiratory arrest, uh, hypertensive disease, 35,000. That's high blood pressure. I think, yep. um, is, uh, ischemic heart disease, 18,000 cardiac arrest, 20,000 heart failure, 10,000 
Um, sepsis, 14,000. Diabetes, 25,936. Uh, yeah. Obesity, 5,600. Alzheimer's disease, vascular and unspecified dementia, 18,497. Renal failure, 13,000. And this is where it gets weird. And I, and I didn't spend the time to look up all the codes. But uh, intentional and unintentional injury, poisoning, and other adverse events, 5,133. 5,133. <laughs> yeah, so that's like the motorcycle accident guy. Right. And then, yeah. and then the big one, all other conditions and causes, 77,990. They don't even list it. They just have a huge list of codes, like, you know, yeah. A00-A39, whatever. I didn't bother to look them all up, but huge list of codes. Uh, all other conditions make up yeah. 77,990 deaths. So, yeah, like, you, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to be like, okay, Maybe some <laughs> of the reporting was a little inflated and just, yeah. you know, for political purposes, uh, well, out of the, control. The interesting, the interesting thing that I found about this is, as we've seen and documented over the past, you know, five, ten years, but especially recently during uh, the past six months, how... You know, conspiracy theories are deadly. We need to crack down on conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theorists are terrorists, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but the CDC thing, and it's been happening on and off, uh, you know, as the CDC sort of comes out with uh, info that doesn't quite line up with the mainstream media story, um, that there's there's now a conspiracy theory developing on the left that Trump has infiltrated the cdc or trump has taken control of the cdc and <laughs> the cdc just says whatever trump wants now which is hilarious because on its face that's a conspiracy theory i know that's that's, <laughs> know that's, that's a demo I, I want to i don't even want to say democratic or liberal that's just a mainstream media conspiracy theory yeah that trump has taken control and is manipulating the cdc to win the election it's like okay guys you can't have it both ways which is it is conspiracy theory uh, are conspiracy theorists nah, terrorists nah, nah. and yeah. <laughs> uh, dangerous or is it a conspiracy that trump is taking over the cdc you can't have it both ways well the mainstream media are terrorists that's i think what they're trying to tell us that's true and, that and is what trump told passively me, so. aggressively trying to tell us um, and it, you know, it was really, I, I, I was trying to uh, find some of the documentation of how the, you know, the deaths are counted and we went over this several, I think, uh, you know, maybe two or three months ago, um, and some of the discrepancies and, uh, problems with reporting. And I, I found it, um, I found the, this, uh, world health organization, NCHS training, uh, outline. It's like a, this is for health professionals. And it's a 50 mm -hmm. slide training, like how to report cause of death. And um, mm -hmm. I don't want to go through everything here, but there is, there is some interesting stuff in here. I, I, should I play some of it just because it's uh, a, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If you got a good spot, let's, let's just kind of take a listen. Okay. Let's see here. This is uh, slide 15. The cause of death section consists of two parts. Part one, where you enter the chain of events that directly caused the death and part two, where you enter other significant conditions contributing to death. We'll look at part one first. Okay. 
Enter the immediate cause mm -hmm. of death in part one, line A. Using the example in the previous scene, you would indicate here whatever happened right before the patient death that led to cardiopulmonary arrest. You would not enter cardiac arrest or cardiopulmonary arrest as these are descriptions of death rather than causes of death. Mm -hmm. okay. Enter the intermediate causes of death in part one, lines B, C, and D. Use these lines to indicate the sequence of conditions that led to line A. You will almost always use line B, and, depending on the complexity of the case, you will often need additional lines. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keeps going use here. the last line of part one to specify the cause that was not the result of another condition. This should be the event that started the sequence of conditions leading to death. For example, paraplegia, hypotension, and renal failure would not be the underlying causes because you must specify further why they developed. <laughs> Are you confused yet? Part two is yeah, the other significant yeah. conditions section. Use this section to list any conditions that contributed or possibly contributed to the individual's death, but were not a part of the sequence written in part one. <laughs> possibly contributed. As you complete lines A through D in the cause of death section, you must also list the approximate time intervals between the onset of each condition and death. Use the lines to the right of lines A through D for this purpose. Okay. Yeah, Before that's interesting. You no, know, the there's there's a lot of sorry. No, go ahead. Go there's ahead. a lot of uh, Any places sorry. <laughs> where eventually COVID would make it onto the list. Right. You know. It's like you, you've got like six different places where you can add different uh, aspects of what led to death. And yeah, of course, COVID's going to make it onto one of those lines, whether it's, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, a first uh, first priority reason, second, third, fourth, whatever. You know, you go on down the list. So COVID, if they have COVID, it will make it on the list. Kind of like even if you have a heart attack, but you have the flu, you know, you'll have the flu and the heart attack on your death. Well, on your reports, uh, wherever those reports originate. So, yeah. And of course, as we've known for months and when months, there's no surprise. Sorry, it just keeps playing. If COVID shows up on any part of that list, then you're counted as a COVID death. And, and that's what we're seeing now yeah. is there's only about 6% of the reported deaths can be directly attributed to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we won't sit through all, all of the training here, but as you can tell, it's a very involved process and it requires, uh, I have the language here. I'm trying not to play this one. Um, uh, if you cannot be more exact, use terms as undetermined, probable, or presumed to qualify uh -huh. conditions as needed. So oh, it's it's asking it's asking these uh, these people that report the death, the people that actually put you know uh, fill out the paperwork to use again. Yeah. This is something the CDC and the WHO said before. Use their judgment, especially those deaths that weren't officially. Uh, tested in laboratories and you know there, there wasn't a lab yeah. test that said covid actually you know they were actually infected with covid so i you know it's just one of those things where it, here we go like 
Wow. Okay. And we heard a lot about that too, about how on a lot of these reports, it'll say just exactly that. It'll say uh, COVID probable right. or presumed, you know, COVID, uh, et cetera. Right. So, yeah. That, and there it is right in the uh, instructions. Yeah. Yeah. So if you cannot be more exact, you put probable COVID or probable presu- presumed uh, COVID, and then it gets counted as a COVID death. And when there's a financial incentive to report mm-hmm. a certain way some, someone died, then obviously things can be stretched one way or another right. to gain those yep. financial advantages. And that's the problem. And that's here. been floating around for a few months. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a big part of it. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's not the only COVID thing here. I got one more COVID story here and I didn't even play the jingle. Is it the New York times one? I think so. Yes. Yep, you could take it if you Mind want. Mind if I read this yep, through this one? Okay. This is from the New York Times, which I got to say, just real quick, I have been noticing, I think there's some sort of uh, revolution going on maybe <laughs> at the New York Times, or at least they are doing something about all the, uh, the um, you know, everybody knowing that they're just a, you know, propaganda outlet. Because they've been a little, they've been leaning into some territory that makes you think maybe they're not completely biased and a, you know, government propaganda outlet, but let's give it a try here. New York times, your coronavirus test is positive. Maybe it shouldn't be. Oh, some of the nation's leading public health experts are raising a new concern in the endless debate over coronavirus testing in the United States. The standard tests are diagnosing huge numbers of people who may be carrying relatively insignificant amounts of the virus. Most of these people are not likely to be contagious and identifying them may contribute to bottlenecks that prevent those who are contagious from being found in time. But researchers say the solution is not less tests or to skip testing people without symptoms, as recently suggested by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. (laughs) No, don't want to listen to them anymore. Instead, new data underscore the need for uh, more widespread use. I'm sorry. Instead, new data underscore the need for more widespread use of rapid tests, even if they are less sensitive. Quote, the decision not to test asymptomatic people is just really backwards, said Dr. Michael Mina, Mina, an epidemiologist at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, referring to the CDC recommendation, quote, in fact, we should be ramping up testing of all different people, he said, but we have to do it through whole different mechanisms. Uh, In what may be a step in this direction, the Trump administration announced on Thursday that it would purchase 150 million rapid tests. The most widely used diagnostic test for the new coronavirus called the PCR test provides a simple yes, no answer to the question of whether a patient is infected. But similar PCR tests for other viruses do offer some sense of how contagious an infected person might be. The results may include a rough estimate of the amount of the virus in the patient's body. Quote, we've been using one type of data for everything, and that is just plus or minus. That's all, Dr. Mina said. Quote, we're using that for clinical diagnostics, for public health, for policy decision making. But yes, no isn't good enough, he added. It's the amount of the virus that should dictate the infected patient's next steps quote it's really irresponsible i think to forego the recognition that this is a quantitative issue dr mina said 
I'm so glad he said this because this is something that I talk a lot about in my personal life when it comes to contracting a disease. Germs are, you know, germs or viruses. It's really a numbers game. You got to have enough of something to become uh, infected just because you have, you know, have it in your body doesn't mean it's enough to make you sick. The PCR test amplifies genetic genetic matter from the virus in cycles. The fewer cycles required, the greater the amount of the virus or viral, viral load in this sample. The greater the viral load, the more likely the patient is to be contagious. This number of amplification cycles needs to to find the virus called the cycle threshold is never included in the results sent to doctors and coronavirus patients, although it could tell them how infectious the patients are. In three sets of testing data that include cycle thresholds compiled by officials in Massachusetts, New York, and Nevada, up to 90% of people testing positive carried barely any virus, a review by the Times found. 90% of people testing positive barely any virus. On Thursday, Oops, where'd I go? On Thursday, the United States recorded 45,604 new coronavirus cases. Sorry, 45,604 new coronavirus cases. I was trying to read it fast and realized that I sounded like an insane person. (laughs) Uh, The United States recorded 45,604 new coronavirus cases, according to the database maintained by the Times. If the rates of contagiousness in Massachusetts and New York were to apply nationwide, then perhaps only 4,500 of those people may actually need to isolate and submit to contact tracing. One solution would be just uh, to adjust the cycle threshold used now to decide that the patient is infected. Most tests set a limit of 40, a new at 37. This means that you are positive for the coronavirus if the test process requires up to 40 cycles or 37 to detect the virus. This uh, I had to have this explained to me again, but uh, I don't know if it's worth going into. Um, but the more cycles you put it through, the more uh, number of virus you're able to find. Um, but you know, it may not be, you know, after 37 cycles, it's just such a small amount that you're going to find that it doesn't even really matter. You're not going right. to be contagious or right. anything. Tests with thresholds so high may detect not just live viruses, but also genetic fragments, leftovers from infection that pose no particular risk akin to finding a hair in a room. Long after a person has left, Dr. Mina said, any test with a cycle threshold above 35 is too sensitive, agreed Juliet Morrison, a virologist at the University of California, Riverside. I'm shocked that people would think that 40 could represent a positive, she said. Oh, losing control. Uh, A more reasonable cutoff would be 30 to 35, she added. Dr. Mina said he would set the figure at 30 or even less. Those changes uh, would mean the amount of genetic material in a patient's sample would have to be a hundredfold to a thousandfold that of the current standard for the test to return a positive result, at least one worth acting on. Um, let's see. So this article goes on quite a bit. Did you have anything uh, highlighted of importance? Uh, the CDC's own calculations suggest that it is, it is extremely difficult to detect any live virus in a sample above a threshold of 33 cycles. Oh, 33 cycles. <laughs> the magic number, of course, <laughs> popping up here. Of course. Yeah, that's that's all I had. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Okay. Yeah. 
So there you go. Basically, what they're saying is the tests we've been doing have been, you know, so aggressive that, like you said, it's the equivalent of finding a hair in a room and then saying that there's a murderer in that room. Right. Um, it, you know, there may have been a murderer there before, but he's not there now. And so there's no reason to uh, 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 quarantine. Wow. I just forgot the word quarantine. <laughs> hey, welcome to the wow. to the getting old older club. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I love when I, I can't ca- I got one words. third through the word <laughs> yeah. and lost it. anyways so there you go very interesting to see uh new york times actually talking Uh, about the fact that (laughs) this this might be setting up as uh you know compare it to the cdc um story we just talked about how you know that the testing or the reporting of uh cases is you know a little they're admitting that it's inflated in a way and this is the new york times coming in saying yes positive tests are inflated because 90 percent of these positive tests are uh, not even worth acting on or thinking about they're just you know they're just uh, hairs in a room yeah um so, so uh, yeah I, it might be a setup to do a big backpedal on this whole entire thing yeah well it's it's at this point i think they're running out of steam with the whole lockdown anyway uh but yeah uh, i i looked at the link here for uh the 33 cycles and it takes you to the cdc website during uh duration of isolation and precautions for adults with covid19 nowhere in the document does it mention 33 so huh I didn't read it, obviously, but I did a quick word search, uh, both in search. text and in number, and uh, yeah. not seeing. So that was just the New York Times putting it in there for fun. <laughs> yeah, just uh, I haven't. Yeah, that, that their makes own no number. Their own number that they would like to come up with to uh, signal to the their masters that we we are following orders. Uh, yeah, yeah the, there's nothing here that mentions 33 being a an adequate number. Or a threshold for any kind of virus sampling. <laughs> but, wow. Very weird. Very weird, New York Times. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah maybe. Something it, funky going on over there. Maybe it is a backpedaling. They, you know, uh, as, I, as we say on the show. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> okay. What do you think? You got another story before we. We're pretty much over time. Yeah, we're yeah. done. So. Got Let me nothing put on else. some chapstick, and we can uh, land this plane. <laughs> all right, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. Uh, weird. You're getting all your, <laughs> you're getting all your. Uh, anyway, self care, Gons. Self care. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, okay, well there you go, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank our Twitch followers, YouTube followers, everybody tuning in live. We appreciate it so much. And remember, follow us at a few different outlets because uh, and turn on notifications. It's the only way you're gonna make it to the next show. And the next show is gonna be on Wednesday, which will be the second of September. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. 
I know. Okay, so yes, Wednesday, 2nd of <laughs> September, sometime between uh, noon and 3, mm. we'll be going live there. So make sure to tune in then. You're going to love it. And remember, we need some uh, we need some producers for the next show. Producership has slowed down a little bit. We understand the end of the month, you know, people are, budgets are tight. Uh, rent is due, so we understand it's uh, uh, not the easiest thing to do, but if you guys are able to jump in, we're only able to do the show because of our uh, the generous support of our producers, keeping the value for value system going. So we appreciate that very much. Remember us for that Wednesday show. You can go to patreon.com slash CCNT, become a producer there. Or if you don't like Patreon, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And I'm reminded by people in the chat that it's been a uh, been a little while since we've had a 33 donation guns. It might be dying yeah. down. Yeah. Maybe but, someone uh, can. There you uh, go. Well, it's hard to top the, <laughs> the person. I, I don't have the name off the. Teresa. Her Was name's Teresa? Teresa. Very generous. 33. Uh, she's the. General thirty three. Oh, okay. Coming in, the admiral was was she the, the one that gave club. the three hundred and thirty three dollars and thirty three cents? Yes, that, yes. That's the mega the mega, mega thirty three donation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's an interesting. And I'll make this very quick because we need to get out of here. But I was a little worried about reading her donation amount because I'm like, uh oh, maybe people will think we don't need any more donors because Teresa was so generous. And I thought, no. Don't think that way. But <laughs> of course, we had one producer come in the next show, and I think we had two today. So, yeah, I, you know, we're going to continue to read the amounts for people who want to uh, <laughs> try to take back that 33 number uh, from the elites. Um, but just remember, you know, if we just because we get uh, we get a big one once that doesn't mean we don't need new producers coming in. So if you've been waiting, waiting for your time, biding your time to become a producer of the show, now is the time. So please remember us for Wednesday sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But you can also become a producer if the you know financial support's not in the cards for you. That's okay. You can become a producer by creating art, creating jingles, and creating show-specific songs for the Canary Cry mixtape at the end. We appreciate that so very much. And remember, you can send those all that art and music to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We appreciate that very, very much. Um, let's see. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Nope. So remember, you can share the show. You got friends, you got family. They're waking up to the fact that the world is not what it seems and you can help them. Just go ahead, send them an episode of this show. You know, if you heard one that was especially impactful to you and you think it might uh, help out somebody waking up, uh, send them on over. Send them the episode. We'll be happy to uh, gently guide them down the narrow path of truth of what's going on in the world today. And uh, that is a great way to, help spread the show and help out your your friends and family to get on board with what's really going on and if you need any more instructions here's what you do you walk right up to him you grab him by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages get killed. Get killed. Get killed. Get killed. Get killed. Get killed. 
Stop that! Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man! A crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! Cradle a few cages! Cradle a few cages! The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, just ask Noah, folks. And Gons, you better watch out because Izzy Blue in the uh, YouTube chat says, I will expose this chamble. Oh, so, yeah. Well, good thing it's a, yeah, a chamble. They're coming for us. All yes, right. they're going to uh, I'm prepared. get us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in again. That's Wednesday. But until then, everybody, think outside the cage. Go ape! slash support in the chat for y'all folks. Rattle her cage a little bit more. It will kill. It will kill. Remember, reality is an illusion. The universe is a hologram. Buy gold. Buy! I want to shake things up, shake things up. I want to shake things up, shake things up. I want to stir up some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and The camera's on